We're live, yeah, pal. I know. I know we're live, pal. I, I saw it. No, I more meant we're live, pal, in the sense of... Oh, fucking Jesus! Really great timing there, Artemis. Artemis, thank you. Good kitty. <laughs> Backing worst. me up. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to keep this. Yes, you intro. are. This week, the revolution has come and passed. So we'll give our final thoughts on Saturday's show and run down tonight's Dynamite with an unexpected debut. Plus, we need to have a serious talk about the latest round of horrible wrestler tattoos. We'll get deep in the ink tonight on Heal Alternative. Wednesday, March 4th, 2020, and welcome to episode 20 of Heel Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse Podcast, where we cover AEW and the wide world of professional wrestling outside Vince's purview. Heck of a show for you tonight, and let us not waste any more time before I fuck up the intro again and we just do more terrible things. All right, I'm your host, all right. John Gabrecki Maxwell, joined as always by Oscar Bernard. Hey. And Trace Evans. Just attach a car battery to my tongue, goddammit. Would would now be the right time to ask uh, John if he remembers the lyrics to Judas? No, no. We're not supposed to tell him that until like uh, four months down the road. He listens to the show. There's a Judas test coming your way, John. I'm not going to tell you when, but I've got a date in mind. Okay. I I did hear this on the on the Patreon. that like, Okay, cool. <laughs> it's good somebody listens to that because I sure as hell don't. Hey, look. Someone I'm a good producer. I do my job and I listen to the content before I or I put it up there. Full Someone has to edit I out my shelf falling. And also, I don't edit podcasts because I suck at that and I'm also very, very lazy. Look, It felt weird to do a two-man episode of a show that wasn't just shit-talking the other writers on the site. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, yes. It's... Oh. God damn it. (laughs) You sons of bitches. This is why Japan had to shut down for half a month. Yeah, I feel like that might be our fault there, Oscar. I can't can't believe the Idiot's Guide was so bad it brought the coronavirus to Japan. Uh, Look, if you just rearrange the the letters in COVID-19, it spells... Idiot's Guide. <laughs> Look I it up. I can't wait for us to have to do John Cast Countdown to Prison. <laughs> this is the only count. way that this was ending, okay? <laughs> this is... What do you think Scott Steiner's Americana Spectacular 4 is? <laughs> I was going to say your version of what Brian David Gilbert does all the time at Polygon, but, you know, either way. And joined also by Trace Evans. Hey, how's it going? Trace. He introduced me already, yes, and i that's when I said, just attach a car battery to my tongue. Well, you weren't kidding. You really don't listen to the show as we're doing it. <laughs> I love double countouts. 
And let me tell you, when I'm thinking about double countouts, I love memorabilia about double countouts, which is why I found the product that's perfect for me. Are we just going to be QVC for wrestling now? I mean, we got to find some way to make some extra money off of twitch.tv slash pro wrestling. Hey, John, it only takes 10 seconds to lose a match. What happens when both teams forget that it takes 10 seconds to lose a match? I've heard about about this fabled double countout. And it's interesting because there's one thing that stops a countout, and that's touching the ring mat. And if only they'd touch the ring mat that now you can own one of 250 pieces of. Ooh, tell me more. Have you always wanted to commemorate that classic match between the Viking Raiders and the OC at TLC 2019? Future Hall of Famers. That ended in a double countout in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, wow, the fabled town of Minneapolis, Minnesota. The hotbed of wrestling, the Mecca. For 91 Canadian dollars and 19 Canadian cents. You can purchase this. You can purchase this limited edition plaque. Only two hundred and fifty will be made, and they're all numbered. After how many low easy payments in six installments? Oh, a one payment. How about if we pay, made you pay ten dollars for every second that they didn't think about getting in the ring? Two of WWE's most massive teams went head-to-head at WWE TLC and tore each other apart to the cheers of the WWE Universe. But hold on a second, folks. If you call within the next 10 minutes, we will throw in two special bonus gifts, a Rock Do You Smell It retro shirt and a Paul Heyman that looks like Shodan for just $10 extra. What a great deal that we're giving you today here on QVC for Wrestling. As a man who loves his Shodan more than anyone else, I'll tell you what, Paul Heyman looking like Shodan is something I could live with for my forever. I could give my kids this. And that's a spoiler. You could just wear this shirt while you enjoy just sitting back, looking at your plaque, commemorating this wonderful time that the OC and the Viking Raiders failed to return to the ring. This piece of the ring that you can just look at here in your house anytime you want. It's great because I can look at that instead of a barren wall while sitting alone in my apartment thinking about all the seconds I'm spending not getting back into society because I'm dying alone and unloved. It's so wonderful. Once the match was over, the Viking ratings sent Carl Anderson <laughs> through a table to send a message that their rivalry wasn't just beginning. It was just beginning. What does that mean? <laughs> also, by the way, I just noticed this. This plaque has a typo in it. Of course it does. <laughs> it was probably written by either a five-year-old or someone on Fiverr, like we said. When it says it was just beginning... Uh, there's no A in was. <laughs> Look, they were trying... They, this is the little-known word worses, okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ. We need to move on talking about actual wrestling now. I've, I've steered us too far away. It's White Claw Wednesday. We're, we're tired. I'm tired. Let's talk about some wrestling. Yes. Some stuff has happened. Like, say, for example, Oscar, I know you're really excited because 
hey, the week of the 24th is a big week. Yeah. Basically, everybody decided they wanted to celebrate my birthday week right. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to be... I'm going to be visiting you in New York to go to some blood and guts. Yeah, hey, check it out. They're bringing back fucking war games for my birthday. No, they're not. It's blood and guts. Please do not say Yeah, it's blood and guts. War games is not happening in EW. What the hell? I like that they said, you think you know the rules, but well, we'll, we'll see you next week on this week's Dynamite. We know the rules. We, we know the fucking rules. We know rules. the goddamn rules. It has nothing. It's not what NXT does. It's the fucking original rules. But they're also uh, bringing back Dark Side of the Ring. That's right. Vice on TV announced uh, earlier in the week that uh, Dark Side of the Ring Season 2 is premiering on uh, Tuesday the 24th. Although if it was really your, if it was really around your birthday, they would have uh, started with the New Jack episode. <laughs> I mean, look, there's, it's hard to argue with them starting off the season with a two-hour episode about your boy, Oscar, as I'm putting up here on the stream. Oh, no. Here's an excuse for Oscar to talk about Chris Benoit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. They are starting there. Yeah, they're starting with a two-part episode about Chris Benoit. Um, it's going to have interviews with... Uh, Jericho's narrating the whole season the same way that uh, Dutch Mantel narrated the first season. Well, Mick Foley did a couple episodes of the first season also. Yeah, this. But Chris is doing the entire second season. Yes, from the sounds of, from from what I was reading, it seems like it's going to be Chris doing the whole second season. That's cool. Um, they're also interviewing uh, David Benoit, um, Nancy's sister Sandra, who was on that Talk Is Jericho episode a couple of years ago. Hmm. Um, and you want to just run through the rest of the topics that they're doing? Yeah, I mean, I have the topics here. Like, you know, there's some of them that we don't really, like, you know, they've only really announced the names and some that, like, you know, we have a little bit more information on here. Yeah, so I've got got the list of topics. Okay, let's hear them then. Uh, Well, as we alluded to as well, they're doing a whole last episode just on the career of New Jack. And specifically focusing, like, the narrative is specifically apparently going to be focused on the mass transit incident. Which, which, I mean, makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. but of course it's going to be all about... New Jack. Yeah, weird. Turns out New Jack had more than one thing. They showed yeah. they showed interviews with New Jack in the trailer. There's new footage of New Jack. New Jack footage. He's gonna talk about how he wishes he was able to kill Mass Transit. Probably. <laughs> He's gonna talk about how cocaine is really cool. <laughs> um... Owen and Hart. so is selling it. Uh, they're doing uh, the death of Owen Hart. Oh boy! Um, that time David Schultz shot on uh, John Stossel. For I don't uh, even know what that is. Uh, so John twenty twenty. Yeah, John Stossel, the twenty twenty reporter, basically in the eighties was just like, you know, going off about how wrestling is fake, and then David Schultz was like. You want to see how fucking fake it is and just beat the shit out of him on live TV? Okay. Which, honestly, given where John Stossel is these days, is pretty much the coolest thing. Yeah, no, fuck. Fuck John Stossel with yeah. his weekly Fox News show. Yeah. Um, 
Jimmy Snuka and Nancy Argentino. Oh boy. Uh, the Road Warriors. Like, uh, not we don't know specifically what about the Road Warriors. Probably just a retrospective on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dino Bravo, his murder. Mm-hmm. Which, oh boy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brawl for All. Oh God, yes, that's going to be a clusterfuck. Yeah, that's probably my favorite stupid gimmick match. They are interviewing Cornette and Russo again. Say what you will about them. Say what you will about them. We are going to get more footage of the two of them just calling each other morons. And the one I said it before, I'll say it again. Cornette is somewhat is tolerable when he is talking about any wrestling that happened before the year 2000. True. Beyond that, shut your fucking mouth. I don't want to hear a goddamn thing you have to say, you fucking bigot. Yep. And finally, the one that I'm like super looking forward to. My boy, Herb Abrams. So who is Herb Abrams? So Herb Abrams was a promote. So Herb Abrams was a wrestling promoter from New York, who yep. founded the UWF because he realized that Bill Watts never trademarked the name UWF. Oh no! Yeah, that's right. Um, this man had no experience in wrestling. Was and was coked out of his mind. Uh, Mick Foley has a story in his book about, um, during one of the UWF pay-per-views where, apropos of nothing, a coked-out Herb Abrams just grabs a live microphone in the middle of the show and yells, Let's hear it for the Jews! (laughs) Okay, no, he sounds cool. (laughs) Um, and before his, to quote the Wikipedia page on his death... Before his death, while high on cocaine, Abrams was found naked and covered in a Vaseline-type substance, destroying furniture with a baseball bat in his New York office. He was in the company of prostitutes at the time. Not long afterwards, he died while in police custody of a heart attack. He had cocaine stuck all over his body when he died. It's like a mix of Grand Theft Auto and Double Dare. This guy sounds awesome. I can't wait to see this episode. Yes, this. Um, also, yeah, no, fucking yeah. Herb Abrams was. He was also the commentator for UWF's Fury Hour alongside fucking Bruno Sammartino. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he called That's a himself, winning combo. He called himself Mister Electricity. That again, cocaine. And the main jobber in the UWF was named Little Davy Meltzer. (laughs) Always with the Meltzer hate, and uh, always an eternal thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking. Dark Side of the Ring's cool. And I'm really looking forward to a Herb Abrams episode. I'm I'm stoked for this to come back. I'm excited for this show to come back. So yeah, this is a good early birthday present for me. 
Yeah. yeah it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I was trying to think while we're pausing there, like, there is one story I wanted them to cover in, like, a third season. Now I've forgotten what it is. But I mean, I, I'd love to so see many good them. Stories. I'd love to see them after this, like if they come back for third season, which I don't see why they wouldn't. Right, there's so um, much garbage. Move out of American wrestling. Like you could probably do a whole season on just fucking the shit that went down in Japan, or you could do a whole season on like how everybody fucked over Giant Baba. Hell, you could probably do a fucking episode on the Nokiaism. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, that's a whole damn thing on its own. Yeah. That would be pretty cool, yeah. But yeah, yeah like, we- you have Japan, you got all the shit that goes down in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, there is a whole untapped... Because I feel like this season, re- between Owen Hart, Benoit, and Jimmy Snuka, mm-hmm. you've kind of really nailed the big American ones that people would want to see covered. Well, there's still one. Teddy Cast can't say? Out of prison coming soon. Uh-huh. I mean, also, also, I wouldn't mind seeing them do just an episode about that time Hulk Hogan busted the chance of a wrestling union. That I'd be interesting. actually really interested in. But yeah, how about instead of fantasy booking new episodes, we check and make sure that this new season is actually good. Yeah, yeah. That when it comes out in like three weeks, I'm fucking stoked. Let's go. Hell yeah. Moving on, though. Another big thing happened this mm-hmm. weekend, as we were talking about last week, Trace. Yeah. On Sunday, Matt Hardy officially became a free agent. Yes, he did. And earlier today, he dropped Free the Delete episode 10. Mm hmm. And it had the fucking Young Bucks. <laughs> Oh shit! Did it actually? Oh my! I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I you actually haven't watch it. I haven't seen it. I didn't. Re- oh. Okay. Shit. So here's the the setup for basically people that don't know. Uh, okay. The end of this week's being the elite yeah, had had the young bucks getting a phone call, and mm-hmm. you just see their side of the call, and like you just they, you don't know what's going on. They're just like, all right, we got to get a plane. Yeah. This well, they week's- do say like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Yep. This week's like the free the delete that they dropped today. Has Hardy, like, it begins with Hardy on the phone talking to someone. And then he prepares his affairs and everything. And then a fucking car pulls up to the Hardy compound. Out, out, steps, steps Matt and Nick. Oh, shit. The Bucks of Youth, I Knew You'd Come, black screen. Wow. Okay. Never look back, never say die. Always back <laughs> with the... Deletion. So, who knows if this means he's, like, legit signed with AEW at this point? But clearly some shit's going down. Clearly he's going to do something with them at some point. Maybe Mm -hmm. on AEW, maybe just elsewhere, but... Hear hear me out. Mm -hmm. He has the Lake of Reincarnation, right? Yeah. TNA... Has, or Impact has their uh, TNA reunion show. What if this is how Generation Me shows up? No. 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 What are you doing? No. No. Why are no. you doing this? No. 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 What is wrong with you? No. Yeah. God damn, I'm getting a taser. What the fuck was that? Where's the goddamn timer? Where's the goddamn timer when I need it? 
Forget the time. Let's get the Tai Chi taser out. Let's debut it for the first time ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn it. So it's on back order. Basically, who knows where this is going, but what the story is here is that he brought the Bucks in because they are the only ones that have been able to help him conquer Zenith before. They're the ones that cleared Zenith out of him, which I guess is their story for why he became normal when he went back to WWE. Because it was, you know, right after his feud with the Bucks of Youth for the titles. So, yeah. I guess this is really like, you know, they're, he's saying, no, I'm, I'm moving away from the Broken Awoken shit. I'm doing something all new. Hard to say. I mean, I mean I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's doing something new. Yeah, he should be. And I kind of think, I kind of think he's not going to be the exalted one either after this episode of Free the Delete. I hope not. That would be awful. Well, I I just don't think it makes sense anymore. I mean that too, but yeah, it's, unless luring them to the compound is a trap set by the Dark Order. I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that is definitely starting to feel like maybe he totally is the exalted one. And maybe I'm actually kind of into that, especially because the one person who I thought was going to be the exalted one. Now I think they're doing something different after tonight. Yep. I think so, too. We'll get to that in a little bit. I can't Mm -hmm. believe Nick Jackson is the exalted one. (sighs) Me neither. It's it's. No, no, it's the merch freak. The exalt the the Dark Order is a pyramid scheme to sell merch. Holy shit! You've blown this wide open. Da-da-da-da. I hate the fact that that actually makes sense. It <laughs> does, and guess what? The whole story was developed on being the elite, and was never shown on Dynamite, Oscar. Well, I don't mind giving it worst trend of the year two years in a row. <laughs> but no, it's uh, I'm interested because you got three people now with that that are headed AEW's way pretty much confirmed other than some really confusing stuff that happened today um, that we don't know exactly we're going to place all three of them. But I'm excited to find out. More of the story as it develops, though. Hell yeah. We do have another pressing thing we need to talk about this week because yeah unfortunately this week was also mired in tragedy we need to get the tai chi laser out trace oscar why the fuck have a bunch of wrestlers decided that they need to get the worst tattoos imaginable now it's how we stand out is is like this week like a tax free tattoo week or something? Did I miss a memo because I don't get them on myself or whatever? Maybe all these people got their taxes done early, so they've already got the rebate back. Yeah, but it's like yeah, I know Texas like sells socks for tax free for one week or some dumb shit like that. Maybe they did that for tattoos as well. I don't know. It makes no sense to me. We have two wrestlers with two hideous tattoos. So let's start with the first one. Yeah. On Friday, on 205 Live, Jack Gallagher debuted his incredible, in quotations, new chess piece. Look at this fucking boat. 
Look, look at, at this boat again. looking fucking boat. It's I love it. So I love bad. I love Return of the Oberdin so much I got a tattooed <laughs> on my chest. I found out how all them sailors died. I twisted just... some of them didn't. <laughs> just the shape of this is all wrong. It just yeah. looks absolutely terrible on him, so big and blown up. Like the way that like the weird circle around the boat kind of connects his nipples. <laughs> <laughs> His nipples are sailing to a new ocean of opportunity. Look, his nipples are a constellation, and this is just helping you visualize how the constellation's supposed to look. And Yara, when you reach their shores, you look around you in a 360-degree direction, and there's nothing but ocean of pain. (laughs) Also, can we talk about Jack Gallagher's ring gear, just wearing the fucking 205 Live sweatpants. I mean, it might have been a run-in. I don't I don't know if it was actually a match, because I mean, I'm not going to fucking watch 205 Live. I just so, saw the pictures and was like, oh my god, what did you do? Regardless, like, I, I kind of agree with Oscar here. Like, is he, like, forgoing now, like, actually dressing like a gentleman even? Because at that point, dude, you just threw your whole gimmick away. I mean, and now, now, you got now an he's awful just tat. look clearly with the awful tat and with these pants, he's trying to be baby Conor McGregor now. Uh, that I can agree with, and I hate it. Look, leading as... into I'm a, a redheaded British man, and I do MMA shit sometimes. Watch as my new finisher be throwing a shoulder into your head, yar. The peg as... leg, <laughs> as Jack Gallagher tweeted. Sorry, kids. Dad's home. In response to that picture of him. Also, also, he is now spelling Gentleman Jack, at least on his Twitter name, with uh, a seven and fours instead of T's and A's. Oh, great. He's gone leet on us. Is he a hacker now? (laughs) Wait, is he what the email thing on SmackDown's been about? Avasti, mateys. It be your friend and mine. Zero cool. Are they going to team what? him with uh, with N1A J4X? <laughs> I can't believe that this was all a setup for the new 2K DLC. I sit on her shoulders and yar, I be Master Blaster. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the parrot. <laughs> ah. One uh, A or one four G zero. <laughs> yeah, I went there. Whatever. Oh God, so, I'm just looking. I'm just looking up the results of this episode of Two Hundred Five Live now, and uh, there were only two matches. Okay. Yeah. That's so a Two Hundred Five Live episode. That's Joaquin so Two Hundred Five Wild Live. versus Raul Mendoza kicked it off. That's where <laughs> he lives now. Yep. <laughs> And then Tony Nese versus Leo Rush. And apparently Tony Nese is with Mike Kanellis now? Yes, he is. What? This is true. Yeah, this is the thing. Uh, it, okay. They're trying desperately to find something before they're all fired. At least Gallagher has an MMA career he can try out. 
and have maybe slightly better success than CM Punk. I don't know if winding up on 205 Live managing Tony Nese is better or worse than being part of the Maria Kanellis cuck angle. I mean, I, I know my answer would be hide like hell on 205 Live from that bullshit. Don't ever get ro- roped into it again. Yeah, wow. I, I, feel I can't like... believe Rusev is cutting down to 205 pounds. <laughs> if, have you seen him recently? It wouldn't surprise me if they sold him as that. Oh, please. We, no one had seen him recently because he's having contract <laughs> dispute issues. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've seen him on the Twitter doing things. So, I don't know about y'all, but my first reaction seeing this tattoo was, mm-hmm. oh, so Gallers tried to pull a TJP and, and get fired by showing up with a bunch of new ink that they didn't approve of. You know? I can't, I can't believe Jack Gallagher's an MRA. God damn I mean, it. Actually, I kind of could. I yeah, could. really. He calls himself a gentleman. Yep. <laughs> you telling me that he has never said him a lady in his life? Oh. Man. And naturally, of course, after all that, he still appears in Giant Bomb and gets way too much praise for it. I mean, we do know that he's a gamer. The most the most oppressed class of people. Oh yeah, yeah. Gallagher's rise up. I have nothing more to add to this other than it's terrible, and I don't know what his goal was. This was well. The point to say that was my first reaction was, oh, he's trying to get fired, right. but. After Saturday, I'm thinking that there's just something in the water and, like, all the wrestlers have gotten some kind of, like, terrible tattoo disease because then we had perhaps the most important part of AEW Revolution, Cody Rhodes' new neck piece. (laughs) It is hideous. What the fuck? So I said this. I said this on the pay-per-view review. But between Cody's fucking entrance with Downstate being out of tune and the guy being off key, and then they showed the fucking neck tattoo, I can't believe it, but I was rooting for MJF to beat the shit out of Cody after that. I just want to throw it out there. Did y'all notice that it felt like the video package for the MJF Cody match on this week's Dynamite showed a lot of angles where you didn't see that deck tattoo? It sure did. Well, yeah, because he's starting to maybe feel the pressure that nobody around him seems to like it either. Like, Brandy's come out and said she doesn't like that tattoo weird it's almost like i put that quote in the intro to the patreon episode almost and it's yeah like cody has come on defending it saying you know i need my brand on my neck well let me me give you an idea bro um if you're gonna put your nightmare fan logo on your neck that's fine just maybe keep it so it's not running up into your face and looking like a hideous thing like you've killed a man like jimmy snooker you put it on the back of your neck if you really need to do that Put it on the back of your neck and just make it like a tiny little, like 50% of it just so it's like a little, like, you stuck a pin into yourself and it's a Nightmare Family logo. If it's just a little thing there, it'd be fine. Like a little notch on the neck. Here's the thing I was thinking. Like, you know the the 
the tattoo that CM Punk has behind his ear, like the mm-hmm. the one that his whole family has, apparently. Yeah, that why one, not get it there? That would have looked good. It would look fine, like, and you can grow hair over it. It's totally fine. I don't, I don't understand why he would have done this. It, it was terrible placement, terrible sizing, and, and the sadder thing about this all was he was. I forget where he was talking about this, um, but he was saying, oh, it was on Being the Elite. He was talking about trying to hide it during uh, C2E2. Yep. With a giant freaking uh, scarf. And if you go back and you look at that whole um, talk at C2E2, you can see it popping out very quickly. It is not easy to hide. Like, you, you can say he's doing the whole scarf thing and he sells it the wrong way and he should have said he's mocking MJF. But he didn't, and it's just poking out there like something is trying to claim his face for hell. I also, I also just want to say, and like I kind of feel bad, kind of feel bad pointing this out, but looking at the tattoo, the line work is also kind of rough. Yeah, it is. You're not wrong. It's actually really, really poorly drawn. Yep, like, just looking at him, like, seeing him tonight on Dynamite, just, like, the little bit that you could see of the tattoo, and also, I was just gonna throw it out there, I feel like he wore that big jacket to try and take, te- you know, attention mm-hmm. away from the mm-hmm. fucking tattoo, but, like, the little bits you could see of it sticking out there, it was looking kind of scrunched up to me. So, I think, for sure, I-, I swear, there must have been, like, a discount at tattoo shops, like, 90% off Tuesdays or something. It's it's from from what I understand a decently a decently notable tattoo parlor. He must not have uh, he must have wronged them in some way or form, or they must be WWE fans because I would never go there for any tattoos after this. Yeah, or it's just he got it in a weird shitty place where like doesn't look good when you have like a neck that you're constantly stretching out and putting it weird angles that are going to like misshape the tattoo. Like, but I don't even want to, yeah. Like part of me doesn't even want to throw it on that. Like the tattoo people under the bus, because it's just like, again, I feel like it's what the fuck were you thinking? Putting it there of all places. But so I was reading, I was reading Mm -hmm. just some people that I know that are like tattoo people. And, you know, they were saying, it's like, yeah, a a tattoo artist probably would dissuade someone from getting it there. But at the end of the day, hey, if they're they're paying for it and that's what they really want, you know, they're your boss. Yep. But even then, it's like, dissuade harder. This man is on TV all the time. Like, remind him of that. Get his wife in there. Do, do something to save himself from this horrible thing you've put on him now. And now it reflects what you do as an artist. Like, it's just, I, I get that, you know, yeah, Cody has final say. Daddy eats first, but. <laughs> I still am mad I don't have one of those bad shirts. Me too. <laughs> no. It's just, it, it's a mistake, terrible. And what he needs to do is just resize it so it's not running up on his cheek and chin and just runs right onto the side of his neck if he really wants a neck tattoo so that a collar could cover it up pretty easily. Yep. Get it and where the fixed. Undertaker has his Sarah tattoo. Sorry, had his Sarah tattoo. <laughs> I think there's an issue that the Undertaker proved with that exact placement. I can't wait. I can't believe that if Cody Rhodes ever gets 
divorced from the Nightmare Family, he'll have to get an, he'll have to get a cover up of something really weird. Dark Skull. <laughs> you think he's going to try and laser it off? No, I think he's going. I think he has to eventually. Um, I think that'll be a 2021 thing. What I don't get though is that like Cody doesn't he want to make a play in like being in films and TV and stuff? He doesn't anymore. He actually talked about that during the uh, AEW Unrestricted podcast. Hmm. He had an inkling for wanting to do that for a while after he wasn't sure he wanted to be a wrestler because he thought he was too small. And then he went into acting stuff and realized, hey, I really don't want to do this full-time either. So he may have said that early on in his WWE career, but he's come around on that. and doesn't. He'll do spots and stuff, obviously, as we've seen with Arrow, but that's not his main thing anymore. It's wrestling. Yeah, I, I feel mean, like hey, there's knows? a reason they killed off his character in Arrow. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe this will be like the Rock's Brahma Bull tattoo where, you know, one day Cody's going to be in a Fast and Furious movie and he's just basically going to and it's going to be like, oh, why does this cop have a have an American Nightmare neck tattoo? He must just be a really big Cody fan. Or, you know, he's just a cop and you know, all cops are bad, so he's all tattooed up. Can't believe I mean, all the cops look, have it's to a skull a... that looks like the American flag. Are you going to tell me that a mm-hmm. cop wouldn't have that? You just need to do like a color change on it so that the red's gone, so it's just like black, white, and blue. Oh, God. Mm. Just make... Police have more than one royal family. Ah! <laughs> Wait, is the, is the Nightmare Family skull going to become the new Punisher skull? <laughs> I, I'm sure Cody would actually be 100% behind that. That kind of sucks. I hate this. Yeah, I do too. I hate these tattoos. Let's It's only uh, it's only a nightmare family if you're committing a crime. I'm sorry, I only commit to the be gay do crimes crew. I mean isn't a nightmare family that commits crimes just a nightmare collective? Yeah. Yeah, but you know. So AEW Revolution happened on Saturday. <laughs> Thank you for saving me from that. Holy crap, I want to talk about 8 million ways to die and all the math there. Y'all reviewed it for the Patreon over at Patreon.cool. For just Weesh. $5, you get that episode in addition to all our other uh, review episodes and other fun stuff that we put up there. Uh, we so sure yeah, did, not- John. Yeah, we're not going to give that content away. Like, obviously, nope. y'all had some some deep and interesting thoughts about it. I'll say, for for my part, since, you know, I wasn't on that. You sure I, weren't. I mostly agree with that, although I'd, I'd say I was maybe a little bit more positive on that on the show than y'all. Uh, definitely, I feel like the highlight of that show for me was a million percent mm-hmm. the fucking Orange Cassidy pack match. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, that's a, that was a good match. Um I think it is the third best match in that card. Fair. I, so. I mean, look, I'm not going to sit mm-hmm. here and say that but, both Guevara mm-hmm. and, and Allen wasn't a fucking banger, even if, you know, the match Yo. itself was kind of short. But, hey, everything look. before was pretty awesome. And, yeah, okay, no, completely agreed. One of the best tag team matches I've ever seen, if not just ever. Yeah, it's a match of the year candidate. It's probably top three this year if uh, we don't get like some ball or baller ass matches through the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, no, Orange Cassidy Pack I think is notable for nothing else than Orange Cassidy is not ruined. And I said that during the podcast, but I think that's remarkable. Like 
you were letting him out of the bottle. You were letting him be a wrestler, finally. And he fucking rocked it, and you still believe he can be a sloth. It couldn't be more perfect. Just it, it's like uh, that yeah. spot where the the sliding out of the ring spot was just mm-hmm. so wonderful. Yeah, it, it's like it is the perfect Orange Cassidy match. Yep, Pac was just the, the best straight man to have yeah. his first match be. I will say, since we did that podcast, um, AEW did put out a great clip of them doing the dueling kicks and the crowd absolutely eating it up, which that crowd made that match too, may I add. Yep. Um, I, I sent that to a friend, again, one who doesn't watch wrestling, and she said this is the best thing. Once again, Orange Cassidy is the person who draws people into wrestling. It's like the crowd was chanting match of the year at one point, and yep. there was a part of me that was like, I find it hard to argue this, actually. I will consider it happily as a candidate. Do you think Meltzer breaks the five-star scale? He's already done that. For AEW? Uh, for AEW, I don't know if he has, but... No, I, mean, no I, I, I know. I mean, do you think this match will break that five-star scale? Um, I don't think the Orange Cassidy pack one will. No, I, do think I mean the tag, the tag ma- match. The tag match? I could see it being five and a half, six. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. Because, I mean, that's like... Five and five stars is supposed to be like a match of your candidate. Um, if I'm not... Or five stars is supposed to be an extremely good match. Six is supposed to be like match of the year. Seven is supposed to be match of the decade. Or eight, no, I'm sorry. Six is match of the decade. Seven is like match of the lifetime. Yeah. Which is why he gave that to Okada, Omega, uh, 4, and Dominion. The two out of three falls, no time limit match. Which I still maintain is the greatest match I've ever seen. Oh, okay. So he's broken the... He broke the five star for um, Lucha Brothers versus uh, Young Bucks at All Out. uh, Escalera de la Muertes. I believe that. That was an incredible match. Yeah, that was was 5.25. And I mean, if Meltzer... Because he was saying it's like... This is the best tag match he's ever seen in America, so... I'd say this, that. and I mean, we've even said it on this very website, that it's the arguably the best ladder match we've ever seen. No, yep. no, no, he's saying about uh, the Young Bucks hangman, the, the one from uh, this one. Oh, he yeah. gave that a 5.25. Well, no, he, oh, gave, saying- he gave Escalera de la Muerte's 5.25. Yeah, that's what I was saying. But he said that the Revolution match is the best tag match he's ever seen in America. And I don't know is on third. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I did the joke. <laughs> We're getting confused here. Um, but no, I mean, I feel like AEW kind of leaned into that a bunch and was showing like a bunch of critical reviews of the match on Dynamite, which was kind of fucked up. But it's a also, little weird. A little I mean, I, I weird. get it. I get it too. It's just it's strange to see people reviewing a match that they're you know in, in a recap of it. Okay, yeah. hear me out. It felt very if- WWE like. If if WWE put on this match, it would be on one of those did you know fucking screens that they have on Raw of like, did you know journalist Dave Meltzer, who we respect now, said that this match is one of the best North American tag matches he's ever seen, beating out the likes of matches from Major League Baseball. <laughs> The it was our number one post on Instagram. We're weirdly proud of this for some reason. <laughs> there were 300 comments saying, Skate 4. <laughs> In Did fairness, you know? I was 280 of them. 
Of did course you, you were. I appreciate that. Did you that. know Vince McMahon's Twitter receives more rat emoji comments? Than Pete Buttigieg? Than Elizabeth Warren, Michael Bloomberg, and United States President Donald Trump combined. Oh, we are, we're getting too much into the bad place, but I'm okay with this. Can one of you explain to me the weird resistance lib Twitter thing of whenever you write out Trump's name, you only capitalize the R? No, uh, I, I've seen, I've seen a lot of people do this to the point that I think it has to be intentional, but I don't understand what they're even trying to say with it. I thought that was just like a really bullshit childish thing of saying, well... We're capitalizing because he's more like rump, am I right? <laughs> I mean, that's what I was thinking it was because these people are, you know, literal children. But I don't know. I find it confusing. Um, yeah. According to Kiora, it's because people – because they are people consumed by their hatred, irrational hatred of the president. And, yeah, it actually literally – Trace, you hit the nail on the head. It's because it says rump. <laughs> I hate that it's that obvious. I hate that it's that obvious. What the You're fuck? expecting creativity from neoliberals. What the fuck? Okay, I guess that's on me. Hey, yeah, speaking mean... of creativity from neoliberals. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Revolution was a good show. If you want further thoughts on it, give us money at patreon.cool. It's not just cool. It's give us money. Pay the men. And if you want actual revolution, there's still a bunch of primaries left to vote in. Fucking vote for Bernie, you fuckers. Jesus Christ, if you people vote for fucking Biden, I'm going to leave this country. Kicked straight in the balls. Look, John, I have a room, a spare room, if you want it. <laughs> I'm considering it. Get primaried. me away from Sleepy Joe. I, I'm, I'm going to see if think, I can... Do you think Joe Biden has done more or less blackface than Justin Trudeau? More. I'll take the over there. His card shark's over. Do you think Joe Biden wanks dogs? Uh, Joe Biden's I... not cool enough to wank dogs. Fair. Like, you know what? Weird, we but fair. We say that Tony Khan wanks dogs almost as a sign of affection. I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm just saying he does it. Yeah. Joe Biden... It's Joe not, Biden we're not saying he has. it's a problem. We're saying he has a problem. Yeah. I mean, that's Joe Biden, exactly it. Joe Biden thought he wanked a dog that Corn Pop brought by one time when he was trying to swim for free at the public pool. <laughs> no comment. I have no comment. But yet, true. So true. What the hell happened tonight on Dynamite? So this is the Dark Order fucking ruled. Yeah, there's a big 15 minute opener. They apparently wanted to let people go see Dakota Kai and think Tegan Knox fight in a cage or something. I don't know. I don't oh boy, watch NXT. NXT this week. I was definitely like, you know what? I actually am really excited to see how they follow up Revolution. So I'm just going to watch Dynamite because NXT, whatever. And then I thought it was weird that AEW then kind of booked a show that was all like the B and C tier people. It was very, very oddly booked. 
I think they realized that, yeah, it's fucking Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox in a steel cage. Do you care? And no. they said, Tony's like, no, leave me to my dog. Just show an interview or something. I will and say the, the Moxie Jericho promo that, kick, that kicked it off was really good. It was good. It was it was a good way to start things off, I, I suppose. Like, again, yeah. like most interview segments ran way too fucking long. I will, I'll also say, though, spoilers for the main event. Mm-hmm. When Jericho dropped the, I'll go away for 60 days, and then the crowd was like, Fozzie sucks. It totally had me thinking. It totally swerved me for the main event. Yeah, like everybody thought, okay, he's going to go on tour with Fozzie, and he's just going to excuse himself for 60 days, and we're going to put the inner circle on a shelf for that time being. The only, the only reason, the only reason during the main event that I eventually realized, oh wait, no, is because I remember Jericho mentioning on Twitter that's like, yeah, none of my tour dates are booked for a Wednesday for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair as well. So yeah, it. it the interesting segment, like, it was good swerve, basically, but also And also, too long. it got the information that it really needed to get out there. Like, you know, yep. it definitely, you, you, like you said, it was too long, but, like, it, it it moved things a lot further along than most WWE opening promos do. We got more yeah. of John Moxley being like, hey, this is your <laughs> title. I'm, like, the fighting champion babyface mm-hmm. that, you know, loves this company and loves this crowd and I'm going to defend this belt with everything. And you also get the inner circle, like, setting up that, like, hey, we're not so interested in getting the title back so much as just interested in killing everyone because fuck this entire company if we can't run it. Exactly. So, so it, I was, also, it was good in that regard. I watched this week's Dynamite with my mother. Okay. And I'm very... What'd she I, think of the Dirty Boys? So, she is totally being worked by Jericho, because when Jericho was talking about how, how you're a cheater, my mother just was yelling at the TV, no, you cheat, you cheat. <laughs> that is actually Fucking phenomenal. Awesome. It's like, it is the most classic heel tactic that he does with that shit, and it still works. Yeah. But yeah, so it was a good interview, good process. Then we got to a decent tag match that I was not expecting to be as good with SCU and Dark Order. And also, don't forget, yeah, the first match of Colt Cabana, who debuted at uh, the Revolution pre-show. And if you want to know how he's doing, pretty darn well. He actually had a really good showing. Colt Cabana. So so this is the best SCU match in AEW. Okay, I'll I'll accept that. This is the Dark Order's best match. Definitely agree with that. I'm a little on the fence in that, but I'll, I'll go with you. Colt Cabana, for all his springboard shit, was fucking awesome. Colt Cabana's pin still looks great. Mm. I also... I, I didn't mention this on the Revolution show, but I'm really surprised that Colt Cabana got to keep his theme song, because I thought Ring of Honor owned that. No, P bought that himself. He's an entrepreneur. A podcaster. Oh, yeah. Oh, and also a pro wrestler. But yeah, like... This is continuing Dynamite's stretch of every single week having some of the best wrestling you are going to see on TV. Yep. It's a shame that this is like the biggest kind of one match this week that was like all that out of control. Until the main event, in fairness. The main event, 
the, the main event was fucking great. Like, this was yeah. definitely... Yeah, oh, main event was phenomenal. Yeah. This was definitely, like, a more lull episode of, mm-hmm. uh, of Dynamite. Oh, One seriously. could argue it was the most NXT episode of Dynamite. Yes, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. It very much was. A really, a really fun opening match mm-hmm. and an absolute banger of a main event mm-hmm. and then another hour and a half. Yep. It's really how it felt to me. And they kind of booked it as such. Like, I mean, without even getting into it too much, because we don't need to say much about it, like, Though you did point it out, Oscar, like, they were using everybody that they haven't really been using too much. Sean Spears got a segment. Leva Bates got a segment, which she jobbed out to Big Swole in, like, one minute. Why are we waiting at Sean Spears to tell him who his partner should be? As if it's not just going to be people being like, I should be your partner! That's what he wants. He wants engagement. I thought this was meant to be like, are you an indie wrestler? This is AEW's equivalent of Tough Enough or TNA's Gut Check. Submit your shit for a chance to be Sean Spears' tag partner on an episode of Dynamite. Yeah, like, legitimately, Nyla retweeted somebody who was applying that from her DC area, Mr. Grimm, who is, like, apparently a very big powerhouse and wants to All be right. Sean Spears' tag partner. It would fit. He deserves okay, a tryout. So it's like, 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 that's, that's what I thought... The same way that, like, when they were scouting for the librarians. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like they should be doing this sort of stuff and figure out a good know. way to I do it. I feel like the scouting for the librarian was a bit more than anything. But it was I, I know bit. it was a bit, but it was. I'm sure that all these indie wrestlers that submitted shit, I'm sure there's a couple that they probably looked at and is like, oh, we could maybe do something with that. Look, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it again. Ariel Italic clearly had the best librarian. They fucked up not signing her. This is bullshit. I know she's a drag queen and can't wrestle, but fuck off. I mean. It's okay. Neither can Leva Bates. Yeah, as we found out oh, in this man. episode, Leva Bates really can't fucking wrestle. I like her, but she can't wrestle. And she I think really up with can't. her jaw. I think she needs to get her throat checked by, like, a doctor. Yeah, her she... jaw. She's got like a Heenan issue going, and I I'm really hate to say that because I'm actually legitimately worried for her. I know we've said it before that Leva Bates is not a good wrestler, but yeah, wow, that, that match with Big Swole was rough. Yeah, and it was like there's one moment in there you actually could look at Big Swole like looking at her like, no, this is where you're supposed to do a spot, and you didn't think of anything? Shit, get in the corner. I got to do my spot then. You ran out of your time. I mean, to, to Big Swole's credit, I like I didn't come away from this match thinking it was awful. I just thought, oh, this is just a chance oh, for yeah. Big Swole to show off how good she is. Right. I did not expect Lee was going to win that, but it's like she didn't no. even get to shine off that. Yeah. Like, there was just absolutely nothing for her. It was, you know, it, it was in many mm-hmm. ways a, a ricochet Brock Lesnar deal of – yeah. You don't get to look good at all here. You just look like absolute, complete trash. Like, this is basically the kind of thing that was like, I don't know why you did this on the main show instead of Dark. Yeah, and that's the other thing there. I guess it probably is better I mean, other than we should be giving Mm -hmm. Swole time. And, I mean, I guess hypothetically, the only way for Leva to get better is to give her time. But also, maybe this is an indicator of that you really shouldn't be. I'm also also just going to throw it out there and say... Big Swole is probably going to be the next challenger for the title. She and is. I am yeah. certain of it. And she has like well, not... Well, after a- Sheeta, probably. She's like not appeared on Dynamite at all. 
And so mm-hmm. they need to introduce her to people to like the mm-hmm. larger audience. Right. True that. So here's here's what I see happening. I see Big Swole getting a dynamite title shot from Nyla Rose in the coming weeks. Hikaru Shida will get one at double or nothing is what I think is going to happen. Okay. Yeah. I, so I think they're just spacing it out because if you look at how the records are, Hikaru Shida should definitively be the next challenger. Not Big Swole, but... They're just trying to get Big Soul a little bit of shine, get her up there so it makes some sense. Also, beyond the whole spot thing, which I, I don't need to mention anymore, I suppose, but I'm just going to spoil this for AW Dark a little bit. Two of the three matches I was looking at are from lo- involve local talent. So the fact that <laughs> Aliva Bates, yeah, uh, I think she's going to get outshined by two local talents. Boy, howdy. Yeah, awkward. But, yeah, uh, so... That's also, it. Peter Avalon got to do literally nothing. What the fuck? Yeah, like... And I like Peter Avalon. He's a really good classic heel. Yeah, I was impressed by Peter Avalon, the bits I saw him. Yeah, like, he, I mean, he's he's better on the mic than he is in the ring. That's for damn sure. Peter Avalon um, made got the librarian gimmick over with legit heat and not X-Pac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of weird. Um, we, we got to talk about the, the surprise guest. Let's talk about it. So Cody comes out. He's clearly, and I missed a little bit of this because the TNT app decided to completely bork out on me, but he's got his big oversized coat. Yeah. Big oversized coat. Very good collar on it. Weird. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of in the way of some stuff. Weird. I want to get a closer look at your neck. What? What's going on, Cody? Cody you cold? Cody, Cody you, you cold, bro. You just... just That's you weird. Know. MJF seems like he's very warm. Yeah. MJF seemed very warm. MJF had a tremendous burn on Cody in a promo later on the night. And Absolutely he incredible. continues to be fantastic in a great way. And maybe in a way we need to talk about beyond AEW Dynamite as well, given some recent reports. We'll um, get, yeah, we'll get to it when we get to that, though. Let's, yeah, let's finish let's this get Cody to that. thing. But yeah, Cody's basically trying to call it MJF or whomever, I think. Because yeah, again, MJF. Yeah, he's calling MJF. And he suddenly this very familiar music hits. It's but, not but, anything we've heard but before. Still, but still legally distinct from uh, some other very familiar music. Which is, you know, okay, that sounds very AEW-like to begin with, but... Oh shit, that's Jake the Snake. They literally have the, the graphics, Jake the Snake. It's like, wait, are, they're, they're fucking with us, right? This is just going to be some weird MJF bit that's going to be... Mm-hmm. And then out comes actual Jake the Snake Roberts. Who cuts a weird but also very good promo on Cody. I mean, we've Y'all, established on this you show You want to play 21. That, yeah. I mean, we've established on this show that a Jake the Snake that has no idea what the fuck he's doing still... Mm-hmm. Is one of the best promos. And what, what's scary is like I, I don't even know if if it's he doesn't know what he's saying or if I don't know what he's saying as we've proven in the past. And it's always the latter. It's always the latter, I think, because he is brilliant beyond what we give him credit for. And it ends with you know calling Arn one dimensional, which is fucking great, and then saying. He would never turn his back on someone he respects or is scared of. 
and then immediately turns his back on Cody and walks out of the ring. Fucking throws the microphone over his shoulder and Cody catches it. It is spectacular. Just talking talking about how, like... I t- how he fucking struggled 20 years to come back and he's not going to fucking come back and not just be his old son of a bitch self. Mm-hmm. And he's got someone who's going to be targeting Cody now because obviously Cody can't just run right back at MJF. That ain't happening. And he wants his spot. I don't know why or what that means, but he wants his cut of the pay. Mm-hmm. Basically, he wants to get rid of the roads, which, you know, I mean, everybody seems to be at this point every heel. Seems to at one point or another gone for the Rhodes. And Hear me out. Who yeah. hates the Rhodes family more than anyone? The Flair family. Charlotte is actually chan- is actually chan- challenging the AEW Women's Champion as part of her Royal Rumble victory, and Rhea Ripley was a swerve. You shut your goddamn mouth, Oscar. Let us continue with the segment unabated. <laughs> I was um, going to say, God damn, man. Come on. That's fucked up. They can't bring Reed back from the dead. You know this. I'm so glad you went there. Because, fuck, that's awful. I mean, um, hey, hey, look, we're all Paige fans here. God. It, we, I, I hate this. I, I, so, look, if we really get into this, there's three people who we know are entering AEW. One is definitely not going to work under Jake the Snake, and that's Matt Hardy. Because that would make no sense. He's charismatic enough on his own. I mean, yeah. Matt Hardy is such a character and so creative that, mm-hmm. like, anything anything that he would do would make pairing him with Jake the Snake, one could say, obsolete. Yes. So that leaves us two people entering. Neither of which showed up today. One probably due to contractual reasons. The other due to confusing reasons that we don't quite understand yet because i've been looking on twitter trying to figure out why and ain't nobody know um and those two people would be Brody lee still likely under his non-compete yeah his non-compete apparently expires uh for next week's dynamite right so but hey what would make more sense to debut Brody lee next week in salt lake city or to debut him in two weeks in rochester where he's from Exactly. So there's very good chance that will happen. And then that leaves us like, where the fuck was Lance Archer? Because, yeah, they announced Lance Archer would be having his debut match this week Mm -hmm. uh, on the last episode of Dynamite. And there was no mention of Lance Archer at all. Is this the reason we had such long revolution segments talking about those matches? Because it feels like there might have been a segment missing where he comes out and hits somebody or does something. Well, he was supposed to have a match. They said he was going to be in action of some sort, I thought, but it wasn't anything. I believe that was the correct verbiage, was in action. Yeah, which in action can mean a run-in still, like or a promo of some sort, or beating up a jobber like QT Marshall or something. But, yeah, no, nothing of him, nothing of Brody Lee. So it could be either one of them. It's probably Brody it also, Lee, like you say. It could say. also be Brian Cage, who's supposedly signed. Oh, shit, it's right. Brian Cage. That's four people we don't know where they're at. But Brian well, Cage Well, Brian is, Cage is injured. Oh, he's injured. Okay, so that would explain him. He's probably still off then. You can still show him. He could still show up and be imposing. Yeah, I mean, it worked for Jake Hager. Yeah, uh, exactly. But 
he was also doing it to back an actual wrestler at the time, not, you know, a guy who can just cut really goddamn great promos. Yeah, true. So, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's another possibility. Something to keep an eye out for because, yeah, like, Brody Lee would be really good. Lance Archer is going to be real good wherever he lands. And Brian Cage is actually really goddamn good, too, and apparently a super nice guy behind the scenes. Whoever it is, though, mm-hmm. bringing in Jake the Snake Roberts as a mouthpiece for someone mm-hmm. is a fucking inspired choice. Yeah. Like, and like even, yeah. Talking, considering that, like, the other major company in this country is a company that basically does not like managers, has no use and no interest in booking managers. Like, mm-hmm. to see AEW not just be like, Check out these managers, but also, like, he, the managers, people like fucking Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, mm-hmm. Jake the Snake. Like, these people you know and have seen and not, like, really seen in this context here. Like, it's something really cool and unique. Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. Great use of them. And not, like, overexposing them in any way or form whenever they're using them. To also, com- to make comparisons to the other place, this is how you use Legends. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this is exactly how you use legends to get people over. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, no arguments here. This is, they're not there to get in the ring and fight. They're there to maybe do a move somewhere. Like, you know, Tully Blanchard spiked pile driver or something of that nature. Or, yeah, I mean, Arn Anderson can still do a hell of a spine buster. Yeah, I mean... Like, there still ain't no better spine buster than Arn Anderson spine buster. But, yeah, this doesn't, they don't need to jump into the ring and do these moves. They just need to be there threatening, giving other people the rub with just their presence. And Look, it's, it's fantastic how slow they play this. Yeah, it's like what Paul Ellering did with the Authors of Pain. They're there to put the shine on them, not be the main story. Right, exactly. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm kind I of... I know, like, Oscar. Yeah. What? Oh, come on, Oscar. You telling me you don't like Seth Rollins as a replacement for Paul Ellering? Seth Rollins is cool! Seth Rollins! Seth Rollins is not Mr.com. Don't piss all over this idea here. Let Seth do his thing. Don't, don't pee I'm, over. Don't, don't get urine saying, all over. I'm just saying, maybe AEW could use Paul Ellering correctly. What if we made Seth Mr.com? <laughs> Rollins.com, I'm in. All right, too much bad Look place, at, too much bad place. Yeah, too much Look bad place. Them, back up, back up, hold the record. They are, they are authors, Corey Graves. I only need to program one Web 2.0 site, Corey Graves. It is the era of the Messiah, the era of the Web. I am Mr. Seth Calm. Please like and retweet. I've got Death a very hot take. sounds like a dirty name for a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Now I can't think of like that. That was my first thought when they said that name. Death Triangle is like the... Um... <laughs> Fuck, it sounds I, can't, like, I can't top it. I it can't sounds it. like what an MRA would... Like an MRA incel would call... Fuck. Would call okay. that. So we got to go with uh, how Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix call it, right? De la Muerte tri- Triangle. 
Look, because, holy shit, you've ruined it now. Death Triangle is not a good name. I saw someone online point this out. You have a perfect name right there in Lucha Bastards. I actually think Lucha Bastards is pretty good. Lucha Bastard is pretty good. Because that just says they're heels and they all can do Lucha shit. And that plays. Lucha Triangle. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Thank, thank you for tuning into my YouTube series. We're going to talk about um, the awful um, death triangle that um, uh, tried to date me on Tinder last night. But first, change their name like to Devil's to... Triangle. Have their manager be Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Hello, my name is Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, and I'm here to talk to you today. Oh my God! You got out of your coma. Triangle. <laughs> Oh, fuck. That's what you get for That's what you get. quoting Jordan Peterson. You get the cops after you. It's a, it's an Amber Alert. Well, I mean, yes, because now we know you kids have somebody. What have you done with Mr. Peterson? Yeah, hey. again, an Amber oh, Alert. Well, you They're know, looking for Jordan Peterson. Just... He's lost somewhere in Russia in a coma. <laughs> I'm, I'm not actually in a coma. I'm just here with all the lobsters. And, you know, I'm just here to tell you, clean your room. <laughs> I don't know. There's not enough calling me bucko. <laughs> I don't listen to enough Jordan Peterson to be able to accurately do an impersonation. I was going to say, it's good that we actually can't do a good impersonation because that would be a dangerous sign for any one of us if we had to listen to that motherfucker. My former roommate listened to some Jordan Peterson. Oh, I'm so sorry. I have a co-worker that keeps telling me I need to listen to Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro. Well, you know, the dark feminine energy of the woman, <laughs> just in contrast to the man that just loves to slay the dragons, bucko. Uh, dark wilds are... <sighs> I love taking barbiturates or whatever zannies or whatever thing that I had to go to Russia to detox on and... Went to a coma because of it, my weird paleo diet daughter, bucko. <laughs> See, I can't actually, clean my room anymore because I'm in a coma. I, I hate to say this. I, I'm really going to feel dirty saying this. But if you speed up this impression like 200 to 300%, you get Tony Khan. I don't want to talk to you today about the, uh, the wiles of the feminine. And, uh, you know, my buddy, uh, my football player buddy here is here. <laughs> Tony Khan does not wank medically induced coma Jordan Peterson's. No, he's not a dog. I mean, that's also because, like, no one should wank Jordan Peterson, even when he's sentient. Yeah, we, we gotta get off this topic. Holy what shit, we've gone too show? far. <laughs> um, what is this show now? Death Triangle <laughs> is a terrible tag team name for the Lucha Brothers and Pac. Please use the Spanish name. Holy fuck, y'all. I didn't realize how bad this was. That's how bad it is. We got into a horrible segment because of it. Fuck you, Pac. Don't come up with a better name. We I you, like Pac. that they're fuck teaming you. them up. That's a cool that, That's a cool yeah. trio. It's, it's a good just, use of them. Fuck the name. Fuck that name. Um, okay, uh, speaking I need of to bad ask combinations. Yeah. Why did, I know that I'm skipping ahead here. Why did someone write in the notes JR's dead wife leaves in the paralyzed half of his face? Prove me wrong, smiley face. (laughs) 
Trace, I'll let you handle this one because you wrote that. <laughs> it was me. It was me, John. It was me all along, John. Um, yeah, uh, so JR was making jokes involving his dead wife, and he just started making weird references about it and just getting very awkward. And I was like, Yeah, it was weird. It was like, you know, he's talking about, oh, he's talking about breaking someone into the industry, uh, like a thing mm-hmm. from his J.K. Gar. Yeah, J.K. Because his, his wife yelled at J.K. Gar for putting yeah, his feet in like, him. It's like, but- yeah, it's like my dead wife told me to get take, get him to get her his feet off of her coffee table. It, that was absolutely accurate, Funny word story. for word, including all the stammers. And I'm thinking, what what could be causing him to think plus of this story pause, all of a sudden? Plus, funny story. Mm-hmm. Yes, was it? No, it wasn't a funny story. And also, I think he's like the real life version of Bionic Commando, except instead of a cool ass arm, he's. Uh, the Bell's palsy, unfortunately, and I don't want to make light of this, but like I think his wife's infested his brain and his face. I thought this Trace, came out I think when you're just promoting his book. Trace, I think you're just describing senility. I think I might be. Like Wait, wait. JR stands for <laughs> Joseph Robin Robinette Biden. <laughs> Fun you fact. To... Yes. I was going to say, I was, he makes a great presidential candidate, doesn't he? It's it's Friday, y'all. You know what that means. This show is politics! <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I thought of that immediately. I think, what's the worst note I could possibly write in these notes? And I found it. There it is. You're welcome. Now I feel like I have to outdo that next week. Yeah, you do. Bring it, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm okay right. with that. Doubling but back yeah. to what's actually in the notes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yo, I'm just going to say it once again. How yeah. the fuck you putting on QT Marshall on fucking television and you can't even give me, like, one fucking singles match w- involving fucking uh, Sunny Kiss on Dynamite? Hey, you know... That's not wrong. You know who else should show up on Dynamite? Let me tell you about Jimmy Havoc. Who, hey, is on Dark this week. What do you know? Yeah! Like... He's one of the people who fights local talent. He's feuding with Luther! Show me that Luther feud on TV! That's fine. I hope he suffers. Uh, Jimmy Havoc hopes everybody suffers too, but he'd like Uh, uh, to see it. uh, uh, Not anymore. Jimmy Havoc uh, is now all about the art of suffering for legal reasons. Oh, I see. I see. But, I mean... Jimmy Havoc's been on fire on places where nobody is seeing him. Like, in Sammy Guevara's blogs, or vlogs, I'm sorry, he's beating people up randomly and then having conversations with Sammy casually and very nice before he continues beating up this random person. Yeah, he's been like, doing this for, like, I, I two know, or three weeks. I know we all, we were saying before, it's like, oh, maybe Jimmy Havoc's just not showing up because he has commitments. But it's like, no, he's clearly yeah. here. He's there. He... He totally is. It, it, it makes no sense. Like, Yep, what's the problem? QT Marshall is an agent behind the scenes. He doesn't need to be in a main event match like this. You could have put anybody else in this match that actually could use a shine, could use some practice. What the but, fuck? I mean, to be fair, he is Dustin Rhodes' tag partner now. He is, but that doesn't mean it's reasons. a good thing. Uh, look, the natural nightmares. I, I'm they, just going to throw it out there. You mm-hmm. know who they could have also had on there who has mm-hmm. been Dustin Rhodes' tag team partner in the past 
and is apparently someone that Dustin Rhodes has been very vocal and adamant about wanting to push and put on a big platform. Weird. Weird. Sunny Kiss. A little guy named Sunny Kiss. Sunny Kiss. Throwing it out there. Just fucking use Sunny Kiss. I thought this was the whole thing. Fucking use Sunny Kiss. Like, where is Sunny Kiss? I know Sunny Kiss attends these events, too. I've seen him around there in the background of Sammy's Vlogs. Again. Because Sammy actually hangs out with these folks. Apparently nobody else does. Apparently Better none of the fucking community does. getting fucking murked by goddamn Luther on Dark. Yeah. I mean, look, that was actually a really good moment watching Sunny Kiss get, like, the worst fucking finisher I've ever seen put on him. But, same that token. That match was a mess. That match was a mess, but... Can we Dr. Luther it? should be... Dr. Luther should be doing death matches. Dr. Luther is a limited wrestler. Yeah, it's like Dr. Luther really should be more promo at this point than actual match for a good reason. Um, or just but, garbage wrestling match with Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, like Jimmy Havoc can do a good garbage wrestling match, let's be fair. And... You might say that he could be a king of the death match. God damn it. If only there was a way to determine that. Again, that can only happen on the ocean. It's too illegal for land. Also true. We actually need this to happen in the next Jericho Rock and Rager. Um, That aside, since I can't find the alarm to buzz, uh, or the Tai Chi taser to buzz Oscar, either one. Um, I, I do want to call it one huge criticism for QT Marshall and more of the reason why he shouldn't have been in this goddamn match. This awful standing choke that Jake Hager applies as his finisher. QT Marshall is supposed to be out. The ref raises his arm, lets it drop. It drops most of the way. The ref immediately calls the match. And then while QT Marshall is still being choked out, he starts clawing at the arm around his neck as if he's not actually out. And... While the commentator is saying, look how quickly it put him out while he is moving. Yeah. I'm just saying, that's fucking bad psychology from somebody who apparently is a very good critic of psychology. Eh, you done fucked up there, QT. Uh, give Sonny Kiss your spot, coward. It's just a awkward-ass finisher. Yeah, Oscar there's QT Marshall. Yeah, Oscar, stop wanking dogs. The dog wank alarm is going off like... That death triangle coming for you. Um, I'm just going to turn the sound off on my phone. Milady. <laughs> Speaking of milady, we should talk about... Gentleman Jack Gallagher and the death triangle. <laughs> oh, I will read this book. I will not enjoy it. So there's a promo after this. I mean, there's also... It's, it's his Roosh Bang novel. <laughs> there's also a segment, I should add, where Hangman Page was taking beers from the crowd, acting like he was going to drink them later. Don't give Page your beers. He can't drink them. He doesn't know where they've been. He's just going to run away with them. And then he tweeted it afterwards. <laughs> I stole $100 worth of beers. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's actually... He's a funny-ass dude. But I, I, I would like one of you to talk about... This MJF promo. This wonderful ass MJF promo. It's so which, goddamn good. First of all, I will say, you know, we we do say this periodically, but again, 
I swear, AEW's really got to figure out some of their production shit because JR talking over the beginning of this promo sucked hard. It sure did. Like, I don't know if it was just the timing was off or that, like, someone didn't explain to JR, like, no, we're live, pal. Like, this was not good. Mm hmm. But then the the fucking, you know, once we could finally hear the, what was going on in the promo, this promo was fucking incredible. MJF being the ultimate dick, talking about how he's going to go after, he's like, he's done with Cody, he's going to go after the title now. Oh, I'm, I'm hot, let me take off this jacket. Oh, I'm wearing a shirt that says I pin Cody. Yep. And it's garish, it's ugly, and yet somehow it's slightly better in his neck tattoo. Which he even says. Yep. Which was... I, I cannot replicate the burn he delivered to Cody other than it was a good burn. Cody, laser treatment is affordable for what is you've done to yourself. Is that a more vicious burn than when he fucking called out his lisp? Um, I, I think so, honestly, because the lisp thing is kind of real cheap. got incredible heat though yeah it did speaking of mgf getting incredible heat there was a a thing that happened away from dynamite earlier this week that oh man which is kind of fucking great in my opinion and proof that mgf is a heel everywhere he is the perfect wrestler he really mm-hmm. is. He understands his business better than so many others. Mm-hmm. So there was a father angrily tweeting at All Elite Wrestling saying that his son had been crying and traumatized by an event that happened to him during C2E2. And that he was very disappointed with them and he wanted them to do better when being around kids. The incident in question was he had apparently chosen to pay for... A meet and greet with MJF. A hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. $100. MJF, by the way. Yeah. And there's a reason for this. MJF wants you to just give him money and then fuck off. And he basically says this to everyone. And so when this father with his son shows up for a picture afterwards, the MJF gives the kid the middle finger right into his face. Flips him off. Flips off the kid because he doesn't care for that fucking kid. And apparently the kid, after finding out, has been getting teased and made fun of because he thought he was not going to get flipped off by MJF. And so basically this ends with Cody saying, okay, look, if you, you know, tell me where you roundabouts where you are, I will get you comp tickets and I'll say hi to your kid afterwards. And then dad's like, no, you need to be better about your talent doing this. And Cody basically responds in kind, he's MJF. What did you expect? Yeah. It's like, we don't control him outside of this. The talent is to act as they wish. Yeah. Like, we don't, we literally said, like, we don't send him on press things for this very reason. Because mm-hmm. this is who he is. Like, you yeah. didn't go to an a- official AEW event. You went to an MJF meet and greet. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. It's like... Yeah, he basically made it extremely clear, if you don't want MJF flipping off your kids, do not go to anything MJF is doing. I also And this is Cody saying this. I also appreciate now that there's other parents 
posting pictures and videos of when their kids met MJF and they're either laughing or they're flipping MJF, MJF back. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, my kid's, not a, my kid's not a whiner. My kid just knows to give it back. I mean, like, that's the right way to treat it because MJF is everywhere he's been, everyone he's talked to. Even the backstage stories I've heard about it, because like Cody had a few of those in AEW Unrestricted about MJF and Dean Malenko going back and forth at each other. And it's also worth noting, AEW is a fourteen A show. Yeah, it's it's not for kids. And yet they're still only allowed to say shit once. Yeah, I mean, I want to just call out, hey, TSN censorship was pretty good today. Yeah, better than ours. Yeah, you did so. F- fuck was said a bunch. That's cool to say on TV. Um, ass cool apparently they, put in the uh, in the, the subtitles too. Yeah, ass. However, you can say ass on TV, but the subtitle will say beep. <laughs> Very cool, Canada. Oh, shit, Canada. shit. They did mute. Okay. So I mean, shit. No bueno. Ass, okay in some situations. Fuck, say however much you want. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this totally plays. This seems fine. I don't see any issue with this whatsoever. <laughs> don't bring your fucking kid to see MJF unless you know what's going to happen. That's on you for being a That's... bad parent. Yeah, it's like... Again, if you... And this isn't like Ric Flair walking through a hotel you know, lobby saying, I'm not going to sign autographs. I'm a heel or some bullshit like that. This is MJF flat out, just flipping off your kid and giving him the MJF experience. You know, like I remember Jericho said, telling a story once as well about he was in this elevator. This is when he was doing the heel thing. Mm-hmm. When I think this was when Jericho wasn't speaking or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was in this elevator and this father and this son and like head to toe Jericho merch is in the elevator with him and the son mm-hmm. keeps pestering him for an autograph and the whole time Jericho's just like ignoring him and Jericho's was saying it's like <laughs> he's saying it's like and I knew that that kid was going to boo me louder than anyone else in the arena that night this is an extremely Jericho thing to do yep which is also kind of funny because like something else Cody mentioned is like he's not really into the idea of refusing to sign autographs under any circumstances which, because he feels like, you know, it's, our time on Earth is precious, blah, 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 blah. Make the time for everybody, blah, blah, blah. Um, and whereas someone like MJF would probably be like, just fucking pay me, you coward. So. Yeah. That's my that's my piece on that. Like Maybe that's why Cody is the top baby face in the industry. That could be. I mean, I, and I'm also sure that, hey, eventually there's going to be an MJF face turn and then. No. 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 Oscar, you shut your fucking mouth. Don't ever. I don't ever want to hear you say it again. I'm getting the Tai Chi Chaser ordered off Amazon right now. No. no. Tell me about the other thing Chris Jericho did tonight. Chris Jericho. <laughs> um, well, Chris Jericho ordered a hit on John Moxley. And John Moxley's now dead. Um, John Moxley's died. Uh, may his soul rest in peace. And... The way this was done is actually kind of splendid. So Jericho and Sammy Guevara are supposed to be tagging and going up against John Moxley and Darby Allen. 
Darby gets his cool ass entrance as always. Yeah, Darby has a fan fantastic entrance. Is he's like shaking like a wild man in the ring and all that stuff. John Moxley walks out and immediately, John, you and I both notice there's these weird masked people in one section of the crowd that aren't standing or cheering or doing anything. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, what's with these weird dudes in the masks? And I noticed and, their sweatshirts. It's like, oh wait, they're wearing AEW sweatshirts. Oh, I think mm-hmm. I know where this is going. And then they immediately stand up and see, fucking jump John Moxley during his entrance. See, my thought process is a little different. I'm thinking, oh, God, they're probably surly podcasters that love AEW but don't want to actually show any enjoyment on the show to be impartial people. Oh, wait, they're standing up and, oh, they're beating him up. Okay, that makes sense. See, I kind of had John's reaction. I kind of had John's reaction where it's like, oh, yeah. I just was like... Trying to figure out at first, I was like, is this the inner circle, or is this going to be a de- some new people debuting, or someone else? Or I also thought it was going to be new people, and then mm-hmm. Ortiz started screaming, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh, of course, no, it's that. It's yeah, definitely and it's Ortiz. Like, yeah, oh, and then it's like, of course, it's like, obviously, it's the inner circle. Jericho has mm-hmm. no other friends. Yeah. Except so they beat Jeff- the hell out of yeah, I was hoping maybe Jeff Cobb would show back up. It'd be nice. He's still in contract negotiations, as I'm uh, am told. Um, but yeah, no, they beat the hell out of uh, John Moxley. Leave him lying like they said they were going to. So no 60-day break for Chris Jericho. He did what he said he was going to do. So Darby Allen needs a tag team partner now. And he's declined any tag team partners. And it's a handicap match. Fuck it. Here we'll we do go. it live. Yeah. And on his own... Darby Allen has a fucking phenomenal two-on-one match against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara where he tries his best to make it extremely believable that he could actually win this thing. This is this, one of the best handicap matches I've seen in a very long time. Yep. Yeah. The best part of it, which is like, it's hokey, but you can see how he did it and the timing. It all makes sense. Darby Allen fucking hot tags himself. He was so good. He drags himself up after being down for a while, hot tags himself, and just rears up and gets, like, on another level Okada style and beats the shit out of both Sammy and Chris Jericho for, like, a good 45 seconds. It was such a fantastic little moment, and just, it showed just what a fucking badass he is. It's like, Mm -hmm. he sees this other guy get the tag, he's like... Well, fuck it, man. I'm going to just use whatever energy I have left and just go all out. And again, it just it made him look like such a star. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that and just the fucking insane coffin drop that he did. Yeah, he coffin dropped the entire inner circle. Which, goddamn. Goddamn, it was fantastic looking. So good. And this all comes to a crashing end in a really weird, awkward way, but understandable where he tries a tope suicida and eats a Judas effect to the chin flying out of the ring. It's a pretty cool spot it, when it, when we he, actually, you know, got to see it again. Yeah, once we saw exactly what happened, it's like, oh, that makes sense. He's dead now. Yeah, and it, he was it looked dead. a little... It, you could kind of tell what it was in the first angle, but mm-hmm. it definitely wasn't helped by the fact that, like, Tony definitely had no idea what was going on. You could see Excalibur being like, no, he hit him with the Judas effect. No, he hit him with a Judas effect, Tony. Yeah, yeah Excalibur had to jump in and make sure the storyline was being followed here, which, good on him. Again, this is why Excalibur's a professional. But, yeah, no, that... I have nothing more to say other than this is an incredible match. Darby Allen is over as hell, as yep. he should be. You know, our good old straight edge Jeff Hardy. And, you know, 
kind of really unbalanced Dynamite, but damn if these two matches at the beginning and end weren't friggin' great. Yep, made it worth it. And then yep. and Jake there was the, the ending too. with fucking Moxley oh. coming back to fight everybody off and then getting the shit kicked out of him again. Yep. So fucking, that's, you know, Oh, I that's, mean, we do have to talk about the ending of him getting fucking quintuple power bombed through mm-hmm. a bunch of tables and then they all do the shield the inner circle all does the shield pose but instead of doing fists they're doing middle fingers yep they sure are um you know i i don't india um i don't know what the n-word is for, november for november it, yeah, uh, no so. i mean that's not what the n-word <laughs> is <laughs> india I, november, I, i'm november. just staying silent on this one echo um Frick, I don't. I don't know, man. It, whatever. I'm not going to make fun of it like that. I'm not going to go into that. I realm, mean, but I mean, clearly, it was good. It was a good moment. Clear, clearly, we're not making fun of it like that. No, but it, it was a good moment. They they mocked Moxley, and this is going to be what the Moxley face title runs like. He's going to get the shit kicked out of him a lot more because that's what happens when you're a face and you have a title. I will say, I was disappointed that we didn't get to see that sock full of baseballs. Yep. They yep. usually they really don't use the mad ball all that much. It's always they there don't. as a threat, but like, you know, hey, it's like Tai Chi's iron glove. It's a threat. But mm-hmm. it's special when it happens. They don't want to use it too much because what if it pops open in the tennis ball flat and we're like, Oh, it's not baseballs. Oh man. I mean not we wrong. Knew, we we know that, but you know, it's still not wrong though. Yeah. Absolutely. And of course, as we kind of alluded to earlier uh notable absence of the promised lance archer which stinks because we're all kind of expecting him maybe to pop up at some point during this match either as inner circle or maybe helping out darby on which would also be cool as hell the real lance archer was the friends we made along the way god damn it we said that like three times now i feel outside of this podcast (laughs) but true it's he's the people we've made friends with and then murdered along the way well, hey, maybe we'll get to see everybody die next week if he decides to show up. But I really hope he does. Me too. But until then, uh, what else have we got going on in the week building up to the next episode of Dynamite and subsequently the next episode of Heal Alternative? Well, for one, you should go give us money on Patreon, like we said before, because for $5, you'll get not only... Oscar Trace's AEW Revolution Review from this past weekend. You're also going to get uh, some kind of Elimination Chamber content this weekend. That Owen sounds Ka- exciting. Owen and Katie are going to that show. Uh, I'm probably going to watch it on the network or whatever. Someone, there will be some kind of review of that. Either they'll just review it themselves or we'll do like a three-way thing. Uh, I, I, the idiot's keep, guide to the elimination chamber. We keep warning Owen. Don't mm-hmm. don't get Katie involved in this. This is a trap. He doesn't Katie, listen. Katie, this is a free podcast. If you're listening to this, just repeat after me when it comes down to your turn to talk about this. You know, Owen, I understand why you like this, but I don't think I like this wrestling very much. It's okay that you enjoy it. I don't like this wrestling very much. Just keep repeating that. Speaking of free content. At least if you're going to take her, like, take her to Dynamite. They're coming back to Philly. 
Yeah, take like, her to, take take her her to Blood show. and Guts. Have her watch a good cage match. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> I mean, shit. I'm my my fucking partner's first wrestling match is going to be Blood and Guts. That's going to be amazing. Also, be, they, they got to find a new name for that. It'll be the PW.C double date we've always dreamed of. Now that is some hashtag content. Uh, I love visual novels. Speaking and I love hash- it when they involve my wrestling. <laughs> Speaking of hashtag content, though, Casual Friday returns this week. Because unfortunately... <laughs> They're not taking the advice that we just said, and <laughs> Owen and Katie are going to do an Elimination Chamber preview. Katie, just say, Owen, I'm not sure I'm going to be interested in wrestling. This doesn't seem like my thing. And if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, check out this week's uh, heel turn, because Owen was dead because of PAX East, so I did it by myself. With the, with the, you know, twitch.tv slash pro wrestling chat joining us. What happened in 90 days, John? I mean, I literally said on, I literally officially announced on the episode that I'm not going to be a recurring guest. I'm not going to be permanent guest on the show after Raw After Mania, so. 90 days. the Elimination Chamber card now, and since when are, why are Ziggler and Robert Roode a tag team? They've Why been one they? for a minute. Are they just called creative has nothing for you? Pretty much. Yeah. That's Why a- do you think they're fucking hanging out with Baron Corbin? Sorry, King Corbin. Wait, uh, Lucha wh- House Party's still together? Allegedly. <laughs> Wait, is, this, is it time for us to play Does Oscar Know the Elimination Chamber card? The problem is I'm looking no, wrong, at the card. Wrong episode, wrong episode. Um... But no, it's like, of course, anything Ziggler touches is creative has nothing for you. I don't know. What about Mansoor? <laughs> We're not in Saudi Arabia. We don't have anything for you. Hey, I don't know what Mansoor is as soon as the plane leaves. <laughs> has he showed up on NXT? I mean... If they yes, let him he, leave, he has been on an, he has been on NXT in the past. His most recent appearance before Super Showdown was mm-hmm. he was one of the panelists on the NXT Takeover Portland pre-show. <laughs> <coughs> wow, that's Why? a that's a. Isn't this a um, great company? It's a tremendous company. I, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be honest here. I'm not going to go to bat for, oh, WWE is misusing Mansoor. Of all the NXT talent that they're misusing, Mansoor is not the one I'm going to go to bat for. Fair enough. And, yeah, I'm not going to go to bat for anybody being misused in WWE anymore because they know what's up. It's been enough years, folks. All that said, though, I can't believe Walter is advertising garbage bags now. Yeah, free Cedric Alexander. Get him over to AEW so he can be with his wife. Thank you. And free Ricochet. Who's he married to? Big Swole. Oh, yeah, Big Swole and Cedric Alexander. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of things I don't think Oscar remembered from past episodes. I don't remember. I don't remember, like, recording any podcast 
I've ever been on because mm-hmm. these are always so late at night. I'm always super fucking tired. Mm-hmm. I the only show I remember recording was like Teddy Cast because we did that at one in the afternoon. I just I know for a fact we've mentioned at least once before that I did Teddy Cast at like six thirty in the evening. <laughs> Jesus. Wait, what did oh wait, maybe the idiot's guide to romance was like in the after I don't fucking remember. There was Clearly. one there are a couple that we did in like the afternoon. We did we definitely did Chrisley cast on like a random afternoon. See, the new game shouldn't be does Oscar remember the pay per view card? It should be does Oscar remember what we talked about last week? The problem <laughs> is that this is cheating because for just one dollar over at Patreon.cool, you get the show notes for every single episode of every single podcast we do, and also special access to the Ozone Online Discord. Help Oscar remember. Pay the man. Speaking of paying the man, where can we find y'all? Trace? You can find me on Twitter at PSEG. Just... Don't tweet at me about your power or whatever conference you're going to or whatever sponsorship you're doing because you're a stupid bigwig businessman and doesn't know how to use social media, you <laughs> stupid fuck. Um, Target. I get, more, I get more of those these days. Holy shit. Somebody like, glad to work with PSEG on my new energy of efficiency conference, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's like, fuck just, you. I'm a, I, I, I fucking hate each and every one of you businessmen. Just men. start retweeting him. <laughs> Oh. Invite all of these businessmen onto your Fortnite stream. Invite I... them onto Heal Alternative. Have them play Forza Fridays with you. Oh, Jesus. That's Heal, a great idea. Heal Alternative is is the sting where we get all the billionaires because they think their energy's wrong. And Heal <laughs> Alternative is the audio central park. I, I I'll have to figure something out because I've literally See, stopped giving a shit about Twitter. We're the dirt bag leftists that are bringing down the billionaire pedophile cabal. <laughs> um, all that uh, Fortnite Thursday and Forza Friday stuff is on twitch.tv slash peace egg. That's P-E-A-C-E-E-G-G. Um, I also sometimes do stuff Mondays and Tuesdays, and I'm not trying to rest super a lot because I've got a coworker who's across the cubicle wall from me, has a hoarse voice, has been coughing and sneezing like crazy in Seattle, and for some reason says, yeah, I don't feel that sick, you stupid fuck. Oscar, where can we find you, if not hiding from your sick coworkers? Uh, I, unfortunately, I'm the sick coworker. Shit. You have an excuse. Zero. I knew it. Look, you get paid in such a shitty way. I'm not going to, you know, lay it on you. My other coworker's salary. He has no fucking excuse. Well, how else can we pay the man? Uh, Eng one nine six six at yahoo.ca on pay. PayPal. Uh, PayPal, pay the man. Fucking PayPal, the man. That's my real email address. Either pay me or just send me an email about how much you hate me. Just. Pay him or hate him. Kinky. I mean... Any other thing you want to plug, Oscar? Yeah, uh, Twitter, at Osog the Great. Instagram, at Osog the Great. Twitch.tv slash Osog the Great. If you look up Osog the Great on pretty much any social media site, you'll find me. Kink shame the man. Yes, Daddy. Daddy...
I've been your incredibly kinky host, John Gavrecki Maxwell. You can find me a whole myriad of places on the internet if you've been a good little girl for daddy. <laughs> Riho's Pizzeria. Including Riho's Pizzeria at I Am John GM. When I'm not, sorry, when I'm not monitoring, you know, the guillotines over in Central Park or uh, maybe not going to to the office anymore because they're everybody scared of the coronavirus. Find me yeah. a whole myriad of places, including Twitter at I am John GM, Instagram at I am John GM, Twitch at video underscore shames, bite at video shames. And of course, if you want me to not have to go into my office and potentially die of coronavirus, Venmo at I am John. Pay the man. So it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my Called Patreon out. money going to then? This has been episode 20 of the worst podcast on the internet. Uh, we really went off the, the rails tonight. podcast on Zonecasts. Heal Alternative! ProWrestling.Cool's Posse podcast covering the world of plur professional wrestling. We'll see y'all in a week when we're hopefully less punchy, less fucking distracted by the world falling apart because Super Tuesday is terrible and every coronavirus is terrible and being alive is terrible. Yeah, it's kind of fucked us over today. Or hey, maybe it'll be White Claw Wednesday again. Who knows? I'm in on White Claw Wednesday if that's how we want to do this podcast going forward. I mean, hey, White Claw just launched in Canada. Dude, we're in. All right, White Claw Wednesday it is next week. Ain't no law when you're drinking claw, baby! <laughs> Thanks, Joe Janella. Podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows. 